0: Let's Talk Home Repair is sponsored by Matriarchy Build, who provide tele-DIY services connecting homeowners to vetted pros for one-on-one video consultations. Visit matriarchybuild.com to get guidance on projects as small as a leaky faucet or as big as a home remodel. You can even book a session with Amy themselves. Visit www.matriarchybuild.com. Tele-DIY. Like telehealth? Yeah. Cool. I know. Hi, I'm Amy, general contractor. And I'm Alicia, homeowner, and we're talking home Home repair. repair. Today we have a special guest. Amy, who do we have? We have Dennis Stinson of Fujitsu General America, and he is going to talk to us about heating systems, energy systems, uh, home efficiency, a little, little bit of everything as far as uh, that that goes. Is that is that about right, Dennis?
1: Yeah, absolutely. We're going to spend some time talking about being comfortable in our home, not only temperature-wise, but also with our wallets. So thanks for having me.
0: Hey, <laughs> thanks for coming. We really appreciate it. And tell us, where are you from right now? Where, where are you uh, sitting?
1: Today I talk to you from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, which is home. But Fujitsu General America is based out of Pinebrook, New Jersey, which is about 18 miles west of Manhattan. Uh, we moved there a couple of years ago, but we've been in North Jersey since uh, 96. So we're, we're no stranger to uh, New Jersey or to the United States. All right.
2: And, and Dennis, you've been working in this industry, it says for like 30 years. What first got you into it? And what was so alluring that you stayed in this industry for so long?
1: Well, I, I got into the industry like most people get into an industry. My my family was in the industry. So I grew up and uh, my mom and my dad owned a uh, manufacturer's representative firm in the plumbing and HVAC industry. And uh, as much as I thought I wanted to do other things, I was always lured back to the industry. And um, it's treated me very good. Trades is a real good place for people to be. It doesn't matter what level you plug in at. Mm. Uh, Just good, solid people there. People are People are just kind of true, a little more down to earth. And uh, it's, it's a good industry to be in, whether it's HVAC or construction or plumbing or electrical. Trades people are good people.
2: And we've been talking about that a lot on our show.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, we saw where there was a, there was an exodus to the trades and somebody could really do very well uh, for themselves and create uh, a nice living and uh, create some independence uh, by taking a hard look at the trades. So trades are are really where we should be encouraging our our younger folks to be taking a hard look at?
0: For sure, We're, totally agree with that. Yeah, I, I work. I work pretty diligently do, doing uh, or trying to do some workforce development for uh, you know residential construction out here. So I'm assuming that you're feeling that that pinch as well in the HVAC industry.
1: Yeah, we see that everywhere, and it's regardless of the trade. It really is an art. So mm-hmm. whether whether you're an electrician, whether you're in construction, whether you're a plumbing, whether you're in HVAC, whether you're a drywall. It really takes hours and hours uh, to master a skill. Uh, so really to get very good at your trade, it takes some time. It takes some time in a saddle to be a journeyman, to learn from somebody, to be how to do it. Uh, but once you do it, it's, uh, it's an art really to be appreciated.
0: I totally agree. Totally agree with that. I, I was telling you earlier that you, I was intrigued by a, a phrase that was describing you and your position and, and what you wanted to talk about. And it was a hybrid home. And I was like, oh, well, I wonder what does that mean? So so give us a little spiel on, on hybrid home.
1: Yeah, so the spiel on hybrid home is, uh, you know, if we take a step back and look at the way that we're using our home now, it's entirely different from the way we were using it just two years ago. So before the world changed a couple of years ago, our home was our home, our workplace was our workplace, and our education place was our education place, and our entertainment was somewhere else. But now all that's kind of changed. So our home may also be where we're teaching school. Our home may also be where our home office now is. Our home may be where we spent uh, our vacation money for the last couple of years and and put in some TVs or a swimming pool or have done something around our home. So the the use of our home has changed dramatically, really more into a hybrid environment. Mm. Um, And we can play off that hybrid a little bit, too, on really – Kind of some of the things that we do and, uh, you know, whether we're looking at uh, high efficiency heat pumps or uh, zoning throughout the house. So hybrid can have a lot of different meanings, both in work and and utilitization of how we're using our home.
0: Okay, so I want to I want to talk to you about heat pumps because that's one of Alicia's favorites. (laughs)
1: Good. She's a good person then.
0: Well, uh, there's there's a little sarcasm in there. Well, the the mini splits. Only aesthetically. The mini splits. The mini splits that that are attached to the walls. She's just like, she's not a fan. The the big uh, wall warts sitting on there. And they were such a fantastic
2: idea, but they were to me so ugly, particularly in smaller homes, you know, like smaller bungalows, or even just whatever the size of the room is. Um, and I see they're still selling them, even though there's really great alternatives now.
1: <laughs> yeah, do. so so the market has really matured. Um, yeah. So we we understand that um, in looking at a heat pump, the, the basics of it is is a heat pump pumps heat, right? So it doesn't make heat. It moves heat from one area to the other. So if we hearken back to our sixth grade physics class, we know that we can press something. It gives up heat. When we expand it, it absorbs heat. So using a compressor and changing the state of refrigerant, mm. we take heat from the outside and pump it to the inside. And when we do air conditioning, we take heat from the inside and move it to the outside. So air conditioning doesn't make cold. It takes heat from the inside to the outside. So the basic idea of heat pumps. What we did on the ductless heat pump side, instead of using ductwork, um, what we do is we put a condenser outside. So we have that typical compressor bearing unit outside. And then instead of an evaporator in the basement, then ductwork to move the air throughout the house. What we do is we put an evaporator potentially in each occupied spot. So maybe one in each bedroom, one in the family room, wherever it may be, but one in each living space. And what that does for us, it it maximizes the efficiency. So we don't get any duct loss by transferring it from the basement throughout the house. Right. right. Our industry tells us we lose up to 30 percent by doing that. But then we also can do that extremely more efficient. Uh, we can be as high as 33 SEER when the national mandates are either 13 or 14 SEER based on where you live. So the efficiency is tremendous Right. Um, out of the product.
0: So explain to us what that SEER thing is. So what, what is that? What is that measuring?
1: Yeah. So the SEER is the seasonal energy efficiency rating. So it's kind of like miles per gallon. So oh, the okay. higher the number, the better it is. So um, on the air conditioning side, we rate residential product with a SEER rating. The higher the number, the better. If you live in the south of the United States, 14 SEER is the minimum you can have. And if you live in the northern half of the United States, then 13 SEER is the minimum you can have. Obviously, uh, stronger standards for those that use air conditioning more throughout the year. And then on the um, heating side, it's an HSPF. So a heating season performance factor, and that measures the value of the heat that comes in based on the kilowatts that go into it. So, um, uh, again, the higher the number, the better off you are. So that's how you rate a heat pump is SEER and HSPF. higher the number, the better.
0: Uh, Thank you so much for that explanation. That was amazing. Yeah, that was so great. And I like the explanation of the refrigerant and what's going on with that. So I was, uh, last week I was at the International Builder Show in Orlando. Yes. I, I saw, I don't recall who the manufacturer was, but I saw that they had heat pumps that were actually flush mount in the ceiling. And then yes. there was one that was more like a radiator type, right? It's down on the 24 inches, yes. from the, 24 inches from the floor. Now, is that having more options as far as that wart on yes. the wall?
1: <laughs> yes. So as you affectionately call it, the wart on the wall, we, we know that that's not for everybody, uh-huh. although that is the number one selling style that there is. And why, why do you think that is? I think, it's, um, I think it's for a variety of reasons. I think if you don't have heating or air conditioning or looking for spot heating and cooling, the, the, the appearance is different. And I also think that once it's there for a week, you don't notice it's there. Sure. And then sure. I also think that it's the most competitive of all the styles that there are. So you look at economics, you look at need, and you look at three weeks from now, I'm not going to notice that's there. Um, So I think that you, I I think for some reason you're, you see more and more of that. But to answer your initial question is, yeah, the styles have really progressed. So we make a variety of different flavors of them. So you have the traditional wall mount product, and then you have the product that is a low wall mount. Um, You said radiator in Philly, we say radiator, but uh, (laughs) nonetheless, it's that small, that small thing that hangs on uh, low to the wall, right? So it's a floor console, and then we have the ceiling cassettes. So the smaller ones are a two by two grid. And you can use them residentially and commercially, but they, they go right up into the ceiling grid. Mm. Um you wouldn't necessarily see it. So if you're if you're used to seeing a ceiling fan, um you wouldn't even see this um hanging in a property. And then we also make small ducted units. So we bring ducted to ductless product. So if you would rather see grills and registers and diffusers and not see any other type of piece of equipment, you could certainly do it that way as well.
0: So where would the unit go then?
1: So great question. Um, If you have an attic or a basement, you could put it above or below the living space. But we also uniquely make it where they can be mounted vertically. So you could stick them in a wall cavity. You'd need a six-inch wall cavity, but you could stick them in a wall cavity. It's not uncommon that we'll see somebody put them in the back of a closet or a closet that is between two rooms and be able to return into the bottom and catch two rooms.
0: Interesting. Okay. Oh, okay. So you're using one for two rooms.
1: Yeah. And that's really kind of the idea. So that takes us into the next discussion that we do make these in a one-to-one. So one indoor unit to one outdoor unit. And that's very popular. But we also make them where there are multiple indoor units for a single outdoor unit. So we can have them available in up to five indoor units for one outdoor unit and they can also work down to minus 15 degrees at full capacity so at that point I'm a whole home year-round solution and when I start looking at the heating side of it I have to make sure that I am conditioning the entire insulation envelope Mm -hmm. so I have to make sure that I pick up that hall bath that I pick up that small bedroom that I pick up the master bath and you wouldn't necessarily hang an indoor unit in each side of every one of those rooms so maybe you put a ducted unit and catch two or three smaller spaces and zone them together so you would zone the master bedroom you would zone um you know your main living area maybe you zone your family room but then you catch the three bedrooms and the hall bath on one Uh, so you zone your property so that um uh, you can accommodate the entire system with five zones
2: and if i can ask a stupid question at Mm -hmm. what point then do you just go back to a traditional ducting system
1: so you're 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 looking at kind of two different things so what you're looking at is with uh with the product that we're talking about we call it ductless but we now know that we're talking ducted as well but we talk about this product mini splits if you will right um what we look at is we look at something that's incredibly more efficient than what i'm ever going to get out of a traditional unitary system okay so if i'm looking at 13 14 16 18 sear i'm looking at a product that's well into its 20s or even to the 30s so i'm infinitely more um efficient than what i'm going to get out of a traditional unitary system i also by zoning it if i am, if I'm in my house, you know I have a four bedroom house uh my my, my kids are off to school. Mm-hmm. Why do I want to condition the entire house when I'm really only using two rooms with a typical unitary system? I got one thermostat in the hallway when I turn it on, the whole house is presumably the same temperature Where with a zoned house which is inherent of a ductless product, um only the rooms I'm in and my conditioning, so I am saving considerable energy by only conditioning a percentage of my home instead of all of it all the time
2: okay so not only does it allow you more flexibility with the zoning but the technology itself is just inherently more efficient so you'll want to try to to make that work in whatever scenarios you can
1: yeah 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 and then the next step is is that if um. If I prefer to sleep at 68 degrees and my, my one of my kids prefer to sleep at 70, nobody's got blankets, nobody's got the window open. You just set the temperature for the room you want. So you can have varying right. temperatures throughout the house where you can't get that with one thermostat in the hallway.
2: Oh, like we need to make more concession for kids. For heaven's
1: sakes. <laughs> Not that, well, they're the warmer ones. You
2: know right. what? When I tell you you're going to sleep at this temperature, you're going to sleep at this temperature. That's it. You're going to like it, right?
1: And you
0: better like it. Don't <laughs> you're talk lucky we have heat at all. I know. I'm going
2: to have three-year-olds coming up and saying, "Uh, could we reprogram the zones, please?
0: <laughs>
2: heavens.
0: <laughs> so uh, I, got a, I got a question. I have a rental house, and it's uh, built in mm-hmm. 1977. It's got a gas mm-hmm. furnace. I think it's the original furnace in the house. So so what do you recommend for that? Do I so, just let it go until it dies? Do I – what do I do?
1: Does it work? Seems to be.
0: Yeah. I haven't okay. gotten a call this year from are, the tenants yet. So.
1: so in everything we do, there has to be a level of common sense, right? Yeah. yeah. So what that means is we don't change just to change. Okay. Um, so what we do is we take a look at the system, and there's there's really two things. Um, does it work when it works? Mm-hmm. And is it affordable? So meaning that are you paying what you think you should be paying in terms of the energy cost to be there? Um, we know that any furnace made after the mid-80s has got to be at least 80% efficient, and it's really – uh, nowadays, it's, it's really difficult, even though 80 is the minimum, uh, to be into a condensing furnace, to be into the 90s, is really more the norm. Mm, so if your wow. furnace is not 92% or 95 or 94 above 90%, 90, um, you're probably looking at something that's a little older and probably be worthwhile upgrading. Mm-hmm. So when you, take a, when you take a look at a ducted system, you really have to take a step back and say, when it worked, did it work? so when my furnace came on were all the rooms evenly temperatured, and did uh, the air return sufficiently Mm -hmm. and was i comfortable when it worked if the answer to that is yes then economically the right decision is going to be or a strong decision is going to be take a look at replacing like for like if however you say you know that bedroom upstairs never really got warm or Mm -hmm. this room down here overheated then that's indicative that the duct work is not what it should be. And that's a that's a big fix. That's mm-hmm. a big fix, tearing down walls, getting to the duct work. At that point, then, it makes a lot of sense to be looking at a ductless system or a uh, a mini-split system and being able to zone the property. If you also say that, hey, it's a four-bedroom house and my tenants here are only ever going to use one or two, mm-hmm. then it's a good idea to zone the system. So it's really... It's that question of, does it work? How long am I going to be here? Um, uh, what's existing there is really kind of where you want to take a look at. I'd love to say that I'm the best solution for everything, every time. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all know that's not true, right? Well,
2: I, and another thing to consider in that matrix, which I think really great things to think about, is in your region, what is the price of your fuel source? So, mm-hmm. you know, in the Pacific Northwest... It makes a lot of sense for us to move to electricity as much as we can. Or are, are, are you? Um, really? Oh, the yes. Pri- yes, because we're heavily subsidized because of all the dams. We have a lot of
0: federal. God, my baseboard heaters just kill me. Gas would be even more. Yeah. Th- that's an efficient. Well, well, Gas would be that's worse? A,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an efficiency thing. Uh, you okay. could. You could, yeah. So what you would look at is there's there's really two things. So thank you for leading me down the avenue. There's a phenomenon going on in the United States. but really been going on since the 80s, and it's called strategic electrification. What that really is, is a migration off of fossil fuels and more towards electrical based. And you'll see a varying amount of incentives coming from our local utilities and our state and our federal government to be able to do that Mm -hmm. because of the efficiency of our product we qualify for most, if not all, programs that are out there. So it's not uncommon that you would take a look at a piece of equipment and then be able to check and see that there could be 500 a $1, $1,000, 1500 $2,000, and in some places up to $4,000 in terms of an incentive to come back. Yeah. Wow. So any any cost associated with putting it in, on top of the energy savings, you really look at a very robust payback period.
2: Yes, yes, that's... so. Interesting. So if I of. can
1: give a cheap plug, I would say take a look at our website, FujitsuGeneral.com, and there is a rebate finder on there. If you go to that website um, and go to the rebate finder, it's a little creepy. It geolocates exactly where you are, but it tells you <laughs> all of the rebates that apply. And as you click through, it gives you all the forms to apply for. So it really, wow. it's a one-stop. You can go there. It tells you where you are. It tells you all the equipment I have that qualifies for the rebates on where you are standing. And then it also tells you how to apply for it. So it's really, really well done.
2: Very nice. We oh. need to talk to the solar industry to get that
0: kind of database mm-hmm. set up. That's <clears throat> awesome. That's mm-hmm. beautiful. Wow. So other than, other than the mini-split system, what else is out there that, that somebody may be looking at?
1: Well, the, the other thing that your listeners will probably want to know is that how far have we progressed with uh, smart homes? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we think of an HVAC system. We think of a thermostat on the wall, right, uh, up, down, hot, cold. Um, what else can we do with it? And the reality is today that the HVAC system has come a long way. So not only do we have the wired remote control, we can also have a wireless remote control. Um, we can also have a Wi-Fi control, so if you want to change the temperature in your home from anywhere in the world, as long as you have a router at your house and a smartphone in your hand, you can, you can change your family's temperature even when you're not there. Um, and then we also tie into the Google and Alexa app, so if you would prefer to sit on your couch and bark at your air conditioner, you can do that <laughs> as well. So.
2: And you can set up scheduling, which I mean when you come to efficiency and, and savings is, I think,
1: huge. You're absolutely right, and I have no stake in it, but there's a real fun out there, app out there called IFT, and it's called If This Then That, and it's called IFTT, um, but it's one of those kind of things that you can uh, work on multiple platforms. So you can have, uh, when it hits certain degrees outside, you can play White Christmas and turn your heat on. You can have all <laughs> these different things. Somebody rings a doorbell, you can have a dog bark and the heater turn on, the garage door light or something. It's, it's really fun stuff. Yes.
0: If this then that. Okay, I have to look at yeah. that. Yeah, that's, that's pretty funny.
2: That's pretty pretty great. great. Can we move on to uh, installation? Can a DIYer install some of these mini splits?
1: You can, but you shouldn't. Um, but you shouldn't. And okay. the reason you shouldn't. And the reason I say that is two reasons. Um, we go back to the conversation that uh, doing it the right way is an art. Mm-hmm. So when we when we take a look at it, we're looking at a condensing unit on the outside. We're looking at, for the most part, 230 single phase. So you have to have Mm -hmm. electrical skills, you have to have breaker skills, and you're working with line voltage. Uh, Then you're also working with low voltage uh, and communication wire to the indoor unit. Mm -hmm. You're looking at refrigerant piping. So you have to have skills to be able, skills and the tools to be able to flare. You need a vacuum pump to be able to do it. You need nitrogen to be able to purge it. And you need a license from the EPA to touch refrigerant. So all of those things you kind of take a step back from and say, you know, there's things that you can do as a property owner and there's things that you should probably have somebody else to do. I'm one of those big proponents that as a property owner, you should have a relationship with probably four or five contractors. Mm -hmm. You should know an electrician. You should know a plumber. You should know an HVAC person. You should know somebody capable of doing something to the outside of the house. Mm. And you should know somebody to call when you don't know who else to call um, (laughs) to be able to come out and do it. Um, And they're best to find when you're not in need of them. Um, They're best to find when you are at a barbecue or a Christmas party, or spending time with friends and family, and say, "Who do you use?" Right. That's your best recommendation. Is is um, not the back of the phone book. I'm dating myself now, or <laughs> a uh, or a Google ad, right? It's the the person that advertised the best is not necessarily the person you want in your home. They can be, um, but right. you would you would want to ask a friend, right?
2: And so, do you work with a homeowner to think about the best solutions? or do you put them out to resellers and the resellers coordinate the installation piece?
1: Yeah, so we are, we are manufacturers. Okay. Um, so we sell our product through wholesale distribution. So wholesale uh, distributors throughout the United States carry our product, and they would sell it to an installing contractor, and the installing contractor would, would install it in a home. <clears throat> so what we do is we spend considerable amount of time both at our distributor level and our contractor level. Our distributors are our partners. Uh, We would Mm -hmm. be nothing without them. So they stock our product along with uh, the appropriate accessories. Uh, Most of them will build out a training center. Uh, They coach their people up to help contractors in case something goes wrong. Everything mechanical eventually does, right? Mm -hmm. So um, make sure that we got the local support. But then we spend an inordinate amount of time providing training to to our contractor partners and um so we we spend time talking about where to apply them and as much time talking about where dot we not to apply them right uh, but then also talk about installation and service and troubleshooting and preventive maintenance so um once a contractor has spent some time with us um and gets enough training points we log it and gets enough training points enough installations then we promote them to what we call an elite contractor. Mm. An elite contractor gets some benefits out in the marketplace. Um, um, it's a promotable warranty to the consumer, so they get a little better warranty by using an elite contractor. Uh, but we also make sure that the, our elite contractors maintain their status and keep up on their training, and really a, a, a way of us distinguishing uh, some of our best partners, our best qualified partners on the marketplace.
2: For sure. And I assume you have a a directory on your website?
1: Yeah, funny you should ask. So if you went to our (laughs) fujitsugeneral.com, you would see that there's a locate a contractor on there. And we've got a really great service in there uh, that'll reach out to you and greet you when you get there and ask you if uh, you need some help connecting to an elite contractor in your area.
0: Nice. Cool. What kind of warranty comes with a a unit?
1: So, residentially, out of the box, it's a seven and five year warranty. So, seven year. compressor five-year parts if it's residentially installed and you register it within uh 60 days it automatically goes to a 10 and 10 and if you have an elite contractor install it um and he registers he or she registers it within 60 days it goes to a 12 and 12 so so you could have a 12 year uh compressor 12 year parts uh coverage residentially on that um piece of equipment which is pretty strong that's That's, a really strong one yeah that's
0: really that's really good
2: Wow. Right. Yeah. What is the biggest mistake that homeowners make when thinking about their HVAC system? Jumping too soon, waiting too long.
1: Uh, so I would tell you that the, the the biggest challenge in the HVAC system is is that it's a non glamorous. Right. We're never going to be in the cover of Rolling Stone right. by selling <laughs> HVAC. Right? right. So what means is that nobody pays attention till it till it doesn't work. Right. So they. They're finding a contractor when they're under duress. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not the best time to do it. And they're making a decision um, when when it's a bit challenged. And I would tell you the biggest challenge is, is nobody has any idea what it costs. Right. Um, so, um, you know, we think about the granite countertops. We think about all of the things that we see, but we don't realize that our home HVAC system, much like our roof, uh, when it goes bad, it could be a six or seven or eight or um, $10,000, half of what the roof is, but nonetheless, it's always sticker shock on what Mm -hmm. it is. So I would, uh, what I highly recommend is that, uh, again, you find a good contractor, that a a consumer find a good contractor that they like and they trust, that they get their system maintained every year. So spend a couple of bucks for the contractor to come out and clean the system, give it the once over, um, clean the coils, they get nasty, they do, Mm-hmm. And if you clean them, you maintain the efficiency of the equipment so you're going to get your money out of it. You service your car, why wouldn't you service your HVAC equipment? Right. And then when they come out, you can, you know, pick their brain. Um, you know, how's it look? What do you think? What kind of life do I have here? Is it worth looking at? Ah, there's going to be some changes in a couple of years or now's a good time or um, they can they can give you a good idea of where you stand and when's a good time to make a move. So I'd rely on a professional.
0: That sounds Great. That is great advice. Yeah. Maintenance, Alicia. I know.
2: I know. I know. And <laughs> I think it's a really interesting thing. Like, if you buy, if, if a home is new to you, right. and it's got an older system, mm-hmm. to have those contractors come out and do that assessment. Oh, you know, absolutely. To kind of say, right. at what, the, you know, what's the status of your current system? Right. And, and maybe talk to not a company that only sells one kind of HVAC system, because mm-hmm. they'll, of course, Promote their solution, right? Right. Um, and maybe you're interested in something else, but like you say, it's it's not the sexy place to spend money. It's not pretty like paint. Oh, but, it, it's, but warm. The, yeah. it's, it's
0: warm. Yeah, it's warm in the winter and it's cool mm. in the summer. Through that, yeah. absolutely. You can, yeah. you know, you
1: what? You can deal with a bad paint color, but you can't deal with being hot or cold. <laughs> right. So right. At the at the end of the day, you, you got to have you, you got to be comfortable, and you have to have hot water. Those are two things you have to have. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. do anything with hot water, but and your water meter right. breaks, it's kind of the same scenario, right?
2: And it was funny, we, you know, in, in our region, it's rare to have air conditioning, but that's becoming less the case with climate right. change mm-hmm. and with the fires, the forest fires. That's why we upgraded our air conditioning system. Right. It's getting, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: It's every every year, more it's essential, it's hotter, right? Than it was and it's, and,
1: it's funny yeah. you say that because we, um, in a lot of areas, we get introduced as the heating side on the heat pump side, mm-hmm. and um, it's funny in the Northeast where our where I live, uh, people say I'm buying a for air conditioner. I'm never going to use the heat pump, um, <laughs> right. and then you find that. The shoulder months turn into year round and you find out that they never turned on their boiler for two years mm-hmm. um, because it worked and it was comfortable. And my electric bill was tame, uh, so it was all fine. Um, and then you, we also see in other areas with uh, very nice mild climates uh, like yourselves, where you say, you know what, I'm never going to use the air conditioner, but then the heating season kind of blends into the shoulder months, and you say, you know what, I do like being 72 degrees all the time. So uh, the air conditioner comes on more and more.
2: For sure, for sure.
0: So is there a... a Filtration system or something that that is associated with this. I mean, I I know like when you've got like gas furnace, you've got a you've got a filter. When, like we get the forest fires out here, right? And they say mm-hmm. don't go outside, especially if your you know um, health is compromised. Is there is there a filter system in there at all that's going to be filtering the air that's coming through?
1: Yeah, uh, to some degree. So what we okay. have is you know we have a we have a variety of different styles, and for the most part you're looking at a washable filler. Mm. So you would take out a filler, it would be some type of uh, synthetic mesh, uh, so you would take it out, you'd wash it, and put it back in. Um, We're looking to do that to catch a lot of the dander, the lint, uh, the the, the rocks, if you will. and then your annual maintenance would take care of it. If you're looking for indoor air quality, uh, spent part of my life in the indoor air quality side of it. There's a there's some different ways to treat that, and that would be, you know, diluting the air, um, some type of air changeover. In fact, there are some federal laws on that. There would be a level of filtration, and then there would be a level of sterilization. So whether you use a UV light, so it really depends on your environment and where you are. And, the allergens are of those that live in the house to what level you want to step up to sure
0: so would that be just like a separate air filter system that that you're using and running
1: yes yeah for us i would use an independent system uh or there are there are ervs or hrvs Uh, a lot of the um a lot of the bathroom fans now offer a variety of air changes into the house so there's a lot of really good manufacturers that have some products uh, that are either standalone, so you could buy them like an appliance and do it, or you could build them into your home. So there's some really good manufacturers out there. Again, that's uh, the value of a good contractor, right? So you, you put a call into them and say, you know, my son or daughter, my wife, my husband has some allergies. You know, how do I improve the indoor air quality uh, mm-hmm. in my home? Well, let's take a look at what type of system you have and what's mm-hmm. going to make sense.
0: Awesome. That's awesome. Well, Dennis, thank you so much. Is there anything else that you wanted to uh, share with us about uh, energy efficiency, heating the home, cooling the home?
1: You know, I can't imagine that we haven't talked about all of it already. (laughs) I'm just very, very appreciative of uh, being able to come here. It's like uh, this is just a very easy conversation. I know why you're so popular to your fan base because of your your easy flow and conversations and your great advice. Oh, I would. I know. Don't stop. Right. (laughs) Right. So I would I I would also thank you for supporting the trades. Um, I know that you're in the trades, um, but I would also uh, just thank you for supporting that trade. Some of the best advice we can always give property owners is what what they can be doing, and what they can't be doing. So thank you for supporting the trades.
0: Absolutely. And thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. You'll hear this in a couple of weeks and uh, tell your friends and family to listen to us. Thank you so much.
1: Absolutely. Thank Thank you.
0: Thank you. This podcast is sponsored by Amy Works, a residential remodeling contractor in Seattle. We want to help you realize the dream of your next kitchen, bath, or basement remodel. Check out some of our work on our website, amyworks.com. Give us a call at 206-478-2019 or send us an email at help at amyworks.com.